Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast. we got lots to talk about tonight with our special guests, Robbie Andrew and Shane Matthews, right here on this channel. Stay tuned, coming up right now. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Because they got all them teeth, but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. You ready, champ? I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast here on a Tuesday night. I'm sure you all got your brackets out there. I'm not very good at the bracket stuff, okay? I'm just going to say it. I'm not very good. I don't take my time. I just sort of rip through them. There they are. There they are. I've ripped through them in about probably five minutes. And uh, I've got mine. I've talked about them some last night. I won't bore you with the details. I pick mostly chalk. I do have Florida advancing, by the way. Not once, but twice. That's pushing it, I will admit. But, hey, Michigan's not exactly the Boston Celtics of the 60s. Uh, on the program tonight, we've got Robbie Andrew of the Gainesville Sun Beat Writer. He's been at practice. A lot of tweets out of there today. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then later, Shane Matthews joins us. Shane, good to have Shane back on the program. I was supposed to have him last week when he had that Facebook meltdown and couldn't uh, get him on. So we're going to have Shane tonight. And... I'm going to start by telling you that I don't know if you can tell, but the, the set is different. The Crown Prince was here today. He came over here and checked in and moved some things around. We got new software upgraded. It looks a little different, and there's at least one or two things different than what they used to be. The minor details. But I'm going to give you a, a chance tonight at the end of the show. Don't tweet it now. At, at the end, the last 15 minutes, to look around behind me and see at least one thing that's different. One thing that's different, okay? Something that wasn't there before, something that was moved, whatever. And when I get the name pulled out tonight, I'm going to, uh, the, the, actually the third person in, the third person in gets the prize. I'm giving away two tickets tonight to Terry Bradshaw, eating with Terry Bradshaw on the 5th, excuse me, the 12th of April. These are general admission. These are not the VIPs. I'm sorry, I don't, I can't give those away, but uh, we have those, uh, and uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be telling you more about that in a minute. But first, I want to. Somebody's ringing my chimes. Somebody who I don't know. Yeah, Paul, I don't know you, but hold on a second. Uh, let me. Yes, okay. My friend Navros is dinging me, so I'll get back to him. All right, here's what I want to start with tonight. Let's start with a special evening before we get into our main program here with stuff we got going on. And I want to tell you about this kind of special night. This is something we've been planning for a while. 
If you heard of Mel Tillis, if you haven't, it's okay. If you're not a country music fan, you probably wouldn't have heard of him. He's in the Country Music Hall of Fame uh, for his writing and had lots and lots of hits. He died about two years ago. He and Terry made a movie or two together called Cannonball Run. And uh, so we decided, Terry and I decided, that we'd have a little tribute to Mel uh, at the end of the show on Friday night, the April the 12th, and he's going to sing a song. And that song is going to be Coca-Cola Cowboy, one that Mel wrote and performed. And so Terry's going to do a special rendition of that. Uh, I want to thank the people at Coca-Cola Florida, Coke Florida, you see the logo, uh, for sponsoring this. And uh, they made it possible for us to do we'll have a little program with the words, and you'll get to sing along with Terry. So that's kind of a neat thing. And thank you to John Horner and the folks at Coke Florida for making that possible. So, um, <clears throat> all right, so that's that. All right, now let me get back to one other thing here on that. And this new software has got little different clicks to it. So we'll just keep clicking through until we get it all done. Um, if you want tickets, I'll get information to you. You can go to a place called Riley, R-E-I-L-L-Y, artcenter.com. Look through there. There's events, and you'll roll it down to about five or six on upcoming uh, tickets and uh, events, and you'll see tickets. They're priced three ways. 150 for the meet and greet. You really can't buy those through there, but if you're interested, PM me, and maybe a few of those left. That includes a cocktail party and meet and greet with Terry. And then 50 bucks for a regular reserved sections, and then 25 for general admission. So that's what they are. So if you can go online, log in, and get them. If you have problems with it, let me know. Um, also, I want to tell you, it's like we're getting a few problems during the night with our, let's see. Um, all right. Um, so I also want to mention uh, that we're starting a new show here. We'll do some of it t this week called the Apollo Program. See the hat? Apollos? And the Apollo program is going to be a show designated to the Apollos. And we'll have a variety of people on the show once a week, sometimes twice if we have one. And they'll be presented by a local sponsor, Palm Chevrolet. Appreciate that very much. More on that later. Uh, and so thank you very much to our friend Freddie and the people who are making that happen. And then finally, before I switch over and go to the guests, thank you very much to you folks who keep the lights on. Keep it on, keep it on. Joe Fulford. I see Joe just texted something a minute ago and messaged something here. Joe Fulford's one of those people. Thank you. Mike Mahortis. Mike, I hope I get it right. I always wonder. But text me something how to spell it. So Joe Fulford says, I got my ticket to the game on Thursday. All right, buddy. Good for you. We got a little hoops coming up to talk about. We won't talk about it tonight uh, because we got plenty of time to talk basketball. Uh, but keep the lights on. Thank you for that. And then... David Baldoff says, I saw Mel Tellus in concert at the Evans Theater in DeLand when I was a kid. Well, good for you. I bet it was good. Mel was quite a, quite a performer and quite a story behind him involving many pearls. So, grand guy. I got to know him in, in his latter years here. All right, so I'll say good evening, everybody. Good evening to David. Hello to Chris. Donald Wilder, where you been, Donald? Patrick Fantis, Marietta, Georgia. Hey, buddy. Good to hear from you up there in Marietta. Uh, Enemy land and bulldog land. Uh, David Sodaquist, he's in Woodstock, the one in Georgia, not the one upstate in New York. Paul Bell, how are you? Good to hear from you. Richie, good evening to you, buddy, out there on the Atlantic, uh, on that oil rig, or maybe you're home. 
Steve Young, dilly dilly to you, Steve. Good to hear from you. Also, somebody who uh, made it possible through uh, giving to the Keep the Lights On campaign. Richie Robinson as well. Mike Rowell, Gators are getting beat. JU 13-8 in the bottom of the seventh. Hmm. I can never figure these midweek games. Um, and then, um, uh, David, you're guessing at things, but you got to wait until we get to that part of the program. So if you don't do it later in the show, you won't get it. So, uh, yeah, David's, David's guessed about three times. Um, again, two tickets, general admission worth $25. Um, and there you go. <clears throat> I got a troller on there tonight, gang, if you know what I'm talking about. Check it out. Some of you folks out there who are following it, Richie, and some of you guys, just check out the troll out there, and let's make sure we don't get let him on. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and hear from my friend Dan Hightower, one of our fine sponsors on this program. Uh, I'm going to come back. I'm going to hear a little bit about from Grinders. And then our friend Robbie Andrews is going to join us on the program. Uh, <coughs> and we'll talk about what they're seeing in spring practice. And who should wear this number? Number one. Who's your pick? Number one. I put three names down there tonight, and uh, not counting Bradshaw or me. And we're going to talk about who should wear number one. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Victim Justice in 1976. And coming up in just a moment, Robbie Andrew will be joining us. We'll be talking to Robbie about what's going on in spring. Um, uh, encouraging stuff I heard earlier in the week when I talked to one of our guys there, Quentin Cruz. But here he is, the dean of all the sports writers. Can you, you like being called dean, Robbie? You are the dean now, right? <laughs> Call me Dean Martin. Dean Martin, there you go. How are you? Robbie Andrew, the Gainesville Sun, and a lot of other places. Uh, and you're, I always got to count it. Year 20, what, what year is it for you? Coming up on what year? Yeah. Uh, well, buddy, I was in Fort Lauderdale until 93 and came here then. So Okay. Well, whatever that is, the math. That's I can't. Twenty-six years now. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I can't. Get... It'll be twenty. Yeah, twenty-six, which is hard to believe. Wow. Goes by quick. You were just a puppy when I saw you, Robbie. You're just a little I puppy. And, you were a young man. And I was a young man. That means it's really old. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What happened? Where did it go, man? Where did it go? Uh, well, I'll say this much: at least it's been a little more fun to cover these Gators, and uh, Dan Mullins uh, made it that way, and he's been consistent, and I think. For the most part, you and I agree that it's all worked pretty well for uh, this regime, right? Yeah, buddy. I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better, really, when you look at it. The, he took over a program that was kind of in turmoil there with the, the Coach Max stuff that was going on. And, you know, the offense has been bad for so many years. And you know, he turned it around real quickly and got uh, Felipe Franks to start playing real well at the end of the year. And they, you know, went, in, went on, won the bowl game, won 10 games. It was a great finish to a first mm -hmm. year. And, I think people are really excited about where the program's heading now. And that was a big problem before. There was no sign of progress for like four or five years, six years there. And now there is. So that's what has people excited. 
for sure. Uh, as I'm reading, and I haven't been to my first practice yet. I've heard, I've talked to some people who have, and you have been, and you'll be able to fellow some of some of this stuff. As I'm reading, I don't want to get expectations up because, in my opinion, just duplicating that record from last year would be a, a yeoman's task. There's no given when you look at the schedule. There's easy three losses on there and maybe more. But, again, how good is this team? We don't know. Aside from the obvious offensive line and maybe the young tight ends, they got some talent. Uh, they got, got a lot of talent. I hear a lot of good things. I hear people talking about the secondary. Mullen sounded, I read some of your tweets today, and Mullen sounded like he was enthusiastic. And uh, it sounds like it's, it could be another good year. Am I reading the tea leaves correctly? Yeah, you are, buddy. And I think that, you know, offensively, they've got more weapons they've, than they've had in a long time. And, you know, Franks really came on at the end of the year. And, you know, I've told people that it seemed like he really took off when he realized that he could do things with his legs. And mm. once he started doing that, the offense got a whole mm. lot better. But, you know, they've got a lot of weapons. The key, and you mentioned the offensive line, buddy, they've got a lot of guys there, but they're all young and mm-hmm. pretty much unproven except for a couple. So, you know, if, if that offensive line can hold its own, the offense has a chance to be, you know, the best it's been in a long time here. And defensively, I think, you know, they've got enough guys coming back up front and in the secondary that, you know, they could, you know, keep that standard they've been playing with for, for a long time now. So, if, yeah, the, the opportunity is going to be there for another a good year. And it is a team that may have a, t- a chance to challenge for the championship. Yeah, because not everybody who says who we say it's going to be there is there at the end. We know that too. We get yeah. So I think everybody knows the track. Florida now is a player and has to be in the in the in the paragraph someplace, and which is good. It's all you can ask for. It's a chance. Um, I, I, let me just: is there been one particular player? Let's skip the quarterbacks just for a moment and come back. Has there been one player that's jumped out for you, Robbie, watching practice and saying, "Wow, this guy looks like he's going to be something." Yeah, to, to me, buddy, it, it's Franks. I mean, the guy has gotten a lot better since the end of last year, it looks like to me. And, you know, he seems to go through his progressions a lot quicker. He's very confident and has thrown some unbelievably beautiful deep balls here in the last couple of practices. And, yeah, he's a guy that has a lot of confidence. His teammates have a, have a lot of confidence in him. And to me, he's really stuck out. And, uh, you know, he he's going to have a big year, I think, if he keeps doing what he's doing and working hard and, yeah, he's competing, and Mullen's making sure that he has to compete for that starting job every day, which is making all the quarterbacks better. So, you know, I think he has a chance to have a big year. Yeah, uh, let me get to the heart of this thing. This is how I build this show, just because it makes a good topic, and we'll get back to some of this particular stuff that you've seen and your veteran eyes have seen and a little bit about some of the things said by Mullen. Um, I don't know what you think the qualifications should be for wearing number one. You can't see it, but I'm wearing a number one Gator jersey right now. <laughs> well, you uh, should be, buddy. You're the best. Yeah, all right. And I got Terry Bradshaw and a picture of one, a number one. Um, yeah, you're proven. Yeah, proven, yeah. There you go. So what is the criteria? Because there's some discussion going on now, some names being thrown around. And today somebody tweeted, it might have been Graham, who's quoted Mullen saying he's had like 30 Gators asked to wear Number one B. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who number one. Who, I, I don't. I'm not sure who the obvious number one is. You know, Percy Harvin wore number one. You mm-hmm. you, you got that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Tebow should have taken that from him. But you know, Harvin was the obvious choice there. And mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how that plays out. But like Mullen said today, he's not going to entertain any questions about uniform numbers till after the spring because he's not going to deal with it right now. And he said players come to his door all the time looking for to change their number, get the number they want. And 
like you said, a lot, uh, several want number one, so we'll see how that plays out. But there's no obvious number one that jumps out to mm-hmm. me right now. All right, let's let's help him out a little bit here because he's busy. Maybe and, Henderson. Well, there you go. That's one of the guys on my list. There's a good one. There's yeah, a there's good one, one right there that I well, think. Michael P. Ryan. P. Ryan would be one. Okay, P. Ryan. Hadn't thought about P. Yeah. Ryan. He's 20 now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, number two now. He's number six. Okay, he's two. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. So, move up okay, so how about someone mentioned today, Marco Wilson. Yeah, but, but, you know, he's coming off the injury, so he has to get mm-hmm. out there and prove himself again. But um, I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Maybe. Okay. You know, I can All see right. that. And then Kadarius Tony. David Reese. David Reese. Tony, well, no, no. Tony's not a leader. Like, I think David no. Reese is the leader with his team. I would put him ahead of Tony. Scott Brantley will just go nuts. He don't want to see no single digits on linebackers, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Makes him look too small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So all back right. In the 60s, Jack Card was born number one. Remember that? Yeah, that's the first one I remember. Jack Card, right? <laughs> yeah. We're going way. Back now. We are. We are going. What a little linebacker he was, right? Yeah, he was, was a something. tough little guy, though. Yeah, he was a tough little guy, and Gene Ellison used him in just the perfect way. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, so, and and so we've gone through the list. And is anybody you want to add? Other than uh, yeah, Van Jefferson to me would be a okay. Guy Somebody mentioned Van Jefferson. Number one. Yeah, yeah, I, I would yeah. put him on the list. Okay, all right. So, so my guys here on the Gator Nation King were throwing out names right and left, asking questions. Um, someone mentioned David Reese. Um, let's see uh, who else. And Kadarius Tony got mentioned. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Somebody else got mentioned here. Was it? Uh, I think, well, C.J. Henderson earlier. So, all right, so so no, somebody gets number one. I mean, in reality, I don't care who gets number one, but, you know, yeah, if it's, if it's it a thing, matter. it's a thing, if it's a thing, you know, whatever. So, yeah. all right, talk to me. You mentioned, um, I don't want to dwell on the quarterbacks. So that's all we ever talk about, but I, I do, yeah. we do have to talk about it. The word that's I'm getting, football, yeah, buddy. okay, go ahead. Yeah, it is, the start of football, you're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, if you consider that what Felipe has done in the way he closed the season and how he started the season and how the apparent off, good offseason he's had so far, he looks more and more like a leader. Uh, and someone told me what's practice said that he just carries himself differently. He carries himself with a cert, certain amount of confidence and yeah. I heard that he was had a better touch on the ball, and I haven't seen that. And he just looks more and more like he's the guy. Is that how you'd size it up, or would you hit, would you say something else? Well, no, buddy, absolutely. And, I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the video on t- Twitter of the, the bomb he threw to Tony on, on Saturday. It was the, one of the most beautiful passes you'll ever see. It was like 60 yards in the air. He dropped it right in there. It was a beautiful throw. And, you know, to me, I look back on him even a year ago that, his teammates voted him to that leadership council because he is kind of a leader and he's very competitive and, you know, a very confident guy. And, you know, he's been through a, a lot and he's handled it okay, you know, mocking the fans or whatever wasn't a good thing last year in that one game. But I think he's grown and learned from that. But I think he's a very confident guy. He's very competitive. He wants to win. And I think that his teammates are willing to follow him. And that's a huge thing. Your quarterback has to be the leader on the team. And I think he's become that. I would agree with you on that. Let's let's look at a couple of these uh, these tweets today uh, that came out of um, 
of Mullen's mouth. One was um, he asked if he'd like to have a starting quarterback decided by the end of the spring. I don't know if that was your tweet or not. I think that's a huge thing. I hope we have more than that, well, more than one number one quarterback leaving spring that guys are totally comfortable with. How can you have more than one? Well, the whole thing, buddy, is that he, he talked today about how in every position you don't name starters. You compete for playing time every day. And if you've done better than the other guy, you play on Saturday. And that's kind of where it is at quarterback, too. But he also kind of indicated that everybody knows that Franks is the quarterback right now. But he wants everybody to keep competing and everybody to get better. And that's what's happening right now. And the thing is that the, the players are confident in, in what Franks can do. He wants the other quarterbacks to get to that point, too, so that if something does happen to Frank, everybody's going to be confident with the next guy that steps in there. So it's all about competition. He said he's done that throughout his career. He did it here when he was the offensive coordinator. So you compete all the time, and you get ready to play, and you build your confidence, and you build the confidence in your teammates that your teammates have in you, and that's what he's working on right now. But everybody knows Frank's is the guy, and I think Frank knows that everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like talking out of both sides of your mouth a little bit, isn't it? Well, you yeah. kind of know who the guy is, and uh, but I get where he's going. He wants to have plenty of healthy people, you know, to, on the backup. I get that. He has to have. You got to have more than one, more than one quarterback for sure. So, all right. So we'll give him that one because I, I think we know what he meant. You know, yeah. Um, but buddy, you don't have to name a starter when he is a starter because of course. he was that all last year, and he's still working with the number one offense. So you don't name a starter when he's already the starter. Of course, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I like that, and and and. We are still wondering what he was talking about last week, and I was going to talk to you about it. We couldn't get on last week because of the technical problems. Yeah. About the comment that he made uh, regarding Tebow and Cam Newton. That was a really bizarre comment about, well, I told we've got in his press coverage, it made, maybe you can remember it, but it was about, you know, what do you do when you, you know, you have one competition at your, quarterback position will you make a change and and he somehow referred to Tebow and Newton and I'm trying to remember exactly if that was really the way the timing of the was I didn't remember it being that way and he said uh he said he, he told Urban about it so something about you know Cam Newton's really pushing him and yeah. some the comment came out well I don't want to, you you go to that press conference and tell him that Cam Newton is starting over Tim Tebow right so, yeah, the head coach does that, not the quarterback. Coach, yeah. The offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think exactly. That's what if you want to make that tough call, you do it, not me. Which I thought was interesting when you start talking about how you pick your quarterback and whether you debate that issue. And then today, Mullen talked about quarterback battles. He said Chris Leak was always competing with Tim Tebow. Tim had to compete with Cam Newton. I don't really ever – Chris Leak didn't really compete. Chris Leak was always a starter. And Chris Lee, we know we'd see Tebow during the game at some point. That's how – and yeah. they had packages. That's how I remember. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right, buddy. The situation is the same now with Franks. I think everybody knows he's the guy, but he is going to keep competing. And I think that Emory Jones is going to see the field in every game, kind of like Tebow did. And yeah, I think they've yeah. been grooming him, getting him ready. And, you know, they didn't make him do – didn't put a lot on him last year. They brought him along slowly. And I think he's made a, a leap in that regard as far as knowing the offense. So you're going to see two quarterbacks play. But like he mentioned today, that you know, Leak played what 70 plays, and Tebow played a handful in every game. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll see something similar with uh, Jones and uh, Franks this year. But, but you, I think both will play. Yeah, yeah, they'll have packages. 
Yeah. Uh, where they'll bring him in like they did with Tebow. Uh, and I think, you know, young, there was always a buzz about Tebow. You could, whenever, whenever Tebow was there about to go in, you could hear the crowd talking to him. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, um, and, and so I don't think we'll get that same thing from Jones. I don't know. Maybe we will. Uh, but again, I think the, 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 I think he'll play 25% of the time, I believe. Don't you? Yeah, I don't know if that much, but it, but I think he will play some. I think people thought maybe that would happen a year ago, but I don't think Jones was quite ready at that point as a true freshman to take on that kind of load yeah. that Tebow did. And I think that now he will be because he's been here for a year now and he knows the offense a lot better. He's gotten bigger and stronger. And, yeah, I think he's ready now to take on that Tebow role that, that Tebow did in 2006. So we'll see how that plays out. But I yeah. think both will play, and I think fans are going to like what he does because he can do a lot – with his legs, and I'll tell you what, buddy, he has a live arm. If you watch him in practice, a very live arm. Yeah. All right, so we're getting some questions, Robbie. Can you take a couple before you get yeah. go? Okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to start out with what are the kickers doing? Seems like it's in good shape. What? How about the kickers? Have you seen much of them? Well, yeah, the kickers are good. They're all coming back, so they're 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 going to be a strength like they were a year mm-hmm. ago with McPherson, and you know, so they're 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 good. They they don't do much in practice, but kick, but. You know, they'll, they'll be good. I think they're confident in what they've got there at the kicker thing, so they'll, they'll be fine there. Mm-hmm. Both are proven, so it'll be it'll be a team strength. Molly made some comments about installs today on the offensive line. What did you what, uh, what did you make of that? And 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 how do you? It's hard to tell because you don't see them together. Don't you think that's a work in progress? It has to be about game two or three when they finally come together. Yeah, and he admitted that this is a thing that's long from being a finished product right now, buddy, because they're so young and, you know, replacing four starters. But, you know, the good thing and the positive thing he said, and I agree with him, is that now you've got these four freshmen that are in here, early enrollees, and they're running with the second team, some of the, you know, the first team at times during reps. And when you do that, you're forced to kind of learn things quicker. And I think that their learning curve has accelerated because they are involved now and, and they are picking things up quickly, which is a good thing. And, you know, in the summer, they get that if they get the offense down, then they get Savage in the weight room for the summer, then they have a chance to maybe play a little bit. But I think that it is a work in progress there, and he admitted that today, and it's going to take a while to get them ready to go and up to speed. But you know, the young guys are picking things up quickly, which is a very good sign. This is interesting, and I think I hadn't thought of this perspective, but he makes a point. And that today, I wish I had the person who tweeted it, but apparently, maybe it was you. Uh, I just went to Twitter and grabbed a couple of comments out of practice. Tight end Lucas Kroll banged up his shoulder, hitting the ground after practice last week. Said, meaning I think he said, NCAA rules of no pads had opposite effect on keeping players. No, it was Edgar keeping players healthy. Edgar did that. Kind of makes yeah. a little sense, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Now the the rule are you, certain days you can't wear pads. You used right. to wear what they call shells, but right. I guess you can't do more. And right. those things can protect you. And, yeah, but it's all about player safety. But when you don't protect the player, then the player safety is out the window. And in the case of Kroll, it, it definitely didn't help him that he didn't have a pad on to absorb the blow of his shoulder there. And now he's got that to deal with right mm-hmm. now. All right, Robbie. So before I ask you for your NCAA picks. <laughs> which I'm sure you've been pouring over like I have. <laughs> and and uh, let's let's close it up with, on a scale of 1 to 10 right now, where you are in terms of the optimism, optimist meter, where are you right now at this stage of the spring ball? I'd put it about an 8, buddy, right okay. now. I think that they're, you know, they've they so good. many good players coming back, and they've recruited well, and 
everything's positive right now. So as long as they keep doing what they're doing and Frank says what he can do and the offense does the good things I think they're going to do and the defense will be good. I think it's about an eight right now. It's all that momentum that was generated at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing it carrying over here into the spring. That's a sad, so you heard it here first. Robbie Andrews says the Gators will be undefeated next year. <laughs> okay. <Not quite. laughs> all right. Anything? Did you do the brackets? Number one. Secondly, who you know? Remember who your final four was? I didn't do the bracket, and I haven't got a final four. But my daughter Madeline said that uh, North Carolina and Duke are going to meet in the final, so I'll go with that. That's preposterous. That's who I got too. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Madeline. Yeah, I think everybody would love to see that. After yeah. The games they play. Yeah. Tell Madeline. She, I'm sorry she had to be in the same category with me. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie, as always, we appreciate your time and always enjoy your work. Come back again in a few weeks for practices and spring balls over, will you? Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you very much. Robbie Andrews. Okay, I'll talk to you later. The Gainesville Sun and other points. He does a lot of other papers. Robbie, I always say this. He's a heck of a guy. He's a fun guy to be around. Upbeat. Hardworking guy, and I enjoy his company. So, all right. So, I got to do a couple of things here. We're coming up. Got Shane Matthews. I hope we can reach Shane. Try to call him for the show. Hopefully, we can. I want to hear what his take is on a quarterback situation. He would know, right? He would know. Um, so, we will. Uh, we will see. Let me tell you first about. Got new software tonight, and as I said, if you see something different. I'm going to give away a pair of tickets and maybe more. If you can correctly identify in the set, don't do it now. Wait until we get toward the end of the show and give me your, tell me one thing that's different about the set. The Crown Prince has been working hard today. We've got new software. We've got a new setting, a new uh, camera set, and things are kind of cleaned up a little bit there, but something's different. One or two things are, there's one thing that's brand new in there, brand new. And if, and if you can pick that out, I uh, might get a second set of tickets. $25 tickets they are. Uh, if you want to upgrade them for something else, it's up to you. But that's what we got to give away. I'll be giving those tickets away regularly over the next couple of weeks. Getting ready for the big night. An evening with Terry Bradshaw. Boy, is that going to be fun. Wow. That's going to be a neat thing. And we are also honoring from Buholz High School, Trent Whittemore, who's a Gator commit. Going to be a fun, fun night. How about those Apollos, huh? We hope to get Coach Spurrier on tomorrow. We're going to wait and see. And our first Apollos program, which we call it, sponsored by our new sponsor. We'll get to that. And uh, so, yeah, Chris says he sees something new. Well, Chris, hold on to it. Give it to us in a little bit, about 20 minutes or so, and we'll we'll write down. There's more than one thing. And it's, there's more than it's one thing new, brand new, and a, and a couple of things moved. So, if you correctly identify them, we'll give somebody some tickets there, okay? Um, you know, honestly, more David Soderquist just can't. He thinks he knows. He's all over it. Let's tell you about this. Let's tell you about my good friends at Griner's. Love that place. Love the folks there. Love uh, the clothes. This is just one outfit I happen to have, and I can show others later. There's Front Door Grinders, which is 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard. It's in downtown Ocala. 62 years of tradition around here. Dressed generation after generation. And they've done it simply by giving great customer service, having quality goods, and being a really strong member of the community. They do all kinds of things. They've had it for years. I know the owner 
David DeSantis, no kin to the governor, uh, has done a terrific job of supporting the Gator Tip-Off Club, uh, many other things. Uh, and they like to say they're, 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 they give the highest quality in men's clothing while maintaining the highest standard of customer service. What I like about it is they build relationships with families that last generation after generation. You know they're going to be good because they keep coming back. Dress shirts, suits, sportswear, jeans, casual wear, accessories. Granados has everything you need for any occasion. Go by and see for yourself 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard in Ocala. Why, there's no other place like Granados Clothing for Men on Ocala tradition since 1962. Yep, Augie Granados did all that. All right, that's Grinders. Uh, we're going to take a minute before we will. I guess we're going to, going to see if we can reach Shane. We're going to try to reach Shane. If not, we'll have to go to another method and get Shane Matthews, the old Gator quarterback, uh, <clears throat> and have him aboard to uh, talk a little foot, Gator football. All right, Shane, where are you? Um. Uh, Remember Shane's story. Shane was a like fifth or sixth string quarterback. Uh-huh. This would be the quarterback himself. He wore number nine. I think he might have worn six at some point. <clears throat> but he sure was a good quarterback at Florida. He had a long run in the NFL. Shane, good evening. Welcome to the Buddy Martin Show. Hey, buddy. Nice How to you talk doing, to you. Man? Good. Nice to talk to you again, my man. Yeah. Me too. I listened to you on WRUF a couple of times. It's good to see you back. And with, uh, and, and see so you plugged in again, and uh, you picked a good time. It looks like these are going to be some good days for Gator fans, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, obviously all our spring sports are doing very well, and it's exciting that basketball's in the tournament, and then uh, spring football's kicking up. Have you had any time yet to go out and see any of the workouts? I've been to one practice and, and they were still in shorts in the one practice that I went to. And, you know, you can tell it looks like a more confident football team. I think, you know, anytime you come off a 10 and three season and a coach's first year, there was a lot of energy out there. And um, I just think it's a more confident football team. Shane, you know this better than anybody. I've heard several people say that the way up, you know, they like the way, Felipe Franks is carrying himself right now. And you know what that means, the way he walks. I wouldn't say it's swagger, but it is swagger of sorts. Uh, and he, he looks like he's a lot more confident, and at least it appears as though he uh, he knows what he's doing out there. And, and if so, this could take him to another level, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, he improved throughout the year last year. In his last three or four games, he played you know outstanding and I think Dan Mullen will tell you, if you put him in a, any other uniform uh, in the country and look at what he did statistically, he had a heck of a year. You know, I think the Gator Nation needs to realize, you know, Tim Tebow's not lining up behind center right now. He was mm-hmm. a freak of nature mm-hmm. and obviously had maybe the best college football player of all time. Mm-hmm. And people need to realize that the Spurrier-era quarterback with, you know, a high completion percentage, throwing for a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns, that's probably not going to happen anymore either because that's not what Dan uh, has at the quarterback position. He wants a guy that's going to make big plays, can keep a defense honest, you know, in the running game from the quarterback position. And that's what Felipe did last year and did well at the end. So, uh, yes, he is carrying himself 
uh, I think he's just a confident player. And I think this team, from what I just saw at the one practice I was at, buddy, is a confident football team because they're kind of practicing with the swagger of their head coach. Mm-hmm. And I've always said since Dan's gotten here, he has a lot of Urban Meyer in him, obviously, but he also has a little bit of Steve Spurrier yeah, in him as well. You did and, say that. Yeah, I remember. And if, and if you think if you think back to the Spurrier era, his teams played with the swagger that the head coach had, mm-hmm. and same kind of thing with Urban. And I think that's what you're going to see out of this football team uh, this year. Let's let's look at the personnel that we see and without on the naked eye right now, and you have an experienced eye, and we have not seen the new kids yet. I hear great things about Steele and others, but I don't really – they haven't passed my eye test, but I hope well, in a couple of weeks they will. But I'm feeling like uh, there's some kind of rhythm developing here and some kind of confidence developing here that Mullen has a plan and a clear plan, which he got for Urban always had a plan. Like Spurrier said, Urban's had a plan for everything, you know. Uh, and in that plan is to, he, he's grooming his quarterbacks. The quick fixes, the transfers, and all that stuff there, it's the glittery things that look great. But in the end, Justin Field didn't look so good to him at Georgia. You go for the five stars, of course you want them. But you get those three and a half and four stars and you make them into five stars. And that seems to be Mullen's preference. Uh, I like it. I think it also inspires confidence to the guys who've been riding the pine waiting for their chance. The two Jones kids. Emory Jones is up next. He ought to get at least a little bit of hope. He'll get some reps. So I like that about the way he coaches. Is that the best way to go about it? Well, you know, every coach does it their own way. And, you know, if you go back to who Dan learned under Urban, he always preached about having competition at every position, makes your football team much better. And, and I agree with that. Uh, I would say Franks is, uh, even though they haven't, they, they say that the job is open. I think it's his. I think if we had to play Miami today, he would be the yeah. starter. Yeah. I think Emory Jones is going to be your backup. I think Emory, just like I said, buddy, from I've only been to one practice, he looked a lot more. Uh, familiar with the offense, uh, he I thought the, he threw the football better. Even though we were in shorts, I thought he threw the football much better than he did any time I saw last year. Uh, Jalen Jones will probably be redshirted. I mean, he's still supposed to be in high school, uh, an early enrollee. So he's he's gonna this spring will be good for him. But you know, and they're gonna sign another quarterback for the 2020 class. Mm-hmm. So you know, he he wants to get competition at that position uh where they compete against each other in every aspect but you know if franks only has one year left i mean he's going to be a junior but he may leave early you just never know what kids do these days you got to have some guys stacked up ready to go and i think it'll be emory jones as the backup and you know you still got kyle trask uh that might play a little bit but he, he i think emory jones will be the backup if he's not the starter and then uh, Jalen Jones will redshirt. All right, what do you look when you see those quarterbacks? Let's take let's take Felipe. In your trained eye, what do you see? Well, you see a big human being. <laughs> I mean, six, six six five, two six, forty. Six. Yeah, that's that's a big dude, buddy. And uh, he was blessed with a uh, very strong arm. Not everyone is blessed with that. Uh, he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world. Uh, may not play the position like others, uh, but I think. Dan Mullen being his coach and what Brian Johnson being the quarterback coach, 
what they did with him last year was truly amazing to me. It was a totally different player, but that goes to show you how good a coach these guys are because a coach's job is to take what kids do and put them in a position to be successful and don't ask them to do something they can't do. You know, I remember, you know, you go back to the Spurrier. I learned this and I use it when I coach. If a kid is not good at running a certain route, well, buddy, you don't call that route for him. You call routes he's good at. You don't ask a quarterback to throw routes that he's not comfortable throwing. And uh, I don't think some coaches really understand that, but I think what Dan Mull and his staff do so well is they're going to take the talent that we have and get the best out of it. Coach them up, right? <clears throat> Coach, them, Coach up. them up. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you can, you can you know, like I'll use myself, for example, or Danny Werfel. There were certain routes that we weren't good throwing. So you know what the head ball coach did? He didn't call them. Yeah. He called routes we were good at throwing. It's and that, that must inspire your confidence to know he's going to give you your wheelhouse stuff, right? That's going to make you feel good. Well, yes. If, if you're a pitcher exactly. and, and you don't have a good uh, screwball, don't call it, you know. Catcher shouldn't call well, it. I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. And, yeah. and good, good play callers sit down with their quarterback mm -hmm. and go through the game plan and say, what do you not like on this list? Mm -hmm. And so the quarterback tells the coach. Mm -hmm. And if the coach calls those plays, that coach shouldn't be coaching because the quarterback just told you he doesn't believe that he can get mm -hmm. that play done. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, much, so true. Finding what works. Uh, so a lot of people are saying welcome back. Quite a few of Gainesville people on saying good to hear you. Look forward to your comments. We have uh, people who write a lot while we're on the air, and a lot of folks – saying they're so glad to hear you again. They don't always get to hear you on RWRUF, but glad to have you back. Um, so um, so this team, I mean, when you go, you almost got to go back and, and where we were before the season last year and the sorry mental state of Gator fans and the lack of belief conviction, the people who basically were dogging Philippe Bay like everybody does in a quarterback, waiting for him to fail, get him out of there, you know, whatever. It was just a different kind of attitude. That's the nature of fans. You've been around them all your life. You played the professional level. You had to put up with it. You have to get into your head. That's just the fickleness of fans. But here it gets really tough because they can really ride a quarterback. And I can understand what Felipe felt like last year. What's the LSU game where he shushed him? After a while, he got you know, tired of it. And while I don't, I don't subscribe to that, that's not a good thing to do your own crowd. I can almost understand why when you get just absolutely raked over the coals all the time and you can't do anything right that quarterbacks get uh, discouraged. Now, tell us and tell the fans how destructive is that to a player? Well, I'm a firm believer. First of all, playing quarterback is the hardest position in all the sports, and I think people need to realize that. I've yet to see a quarterback throw a perfect game. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Um, but I, I'm not, a, I don't agree with fans booing uh, a collegiate athlete. Now, you know, on Sundays, you can boo those pros as much as you want because that's their job. But these are still young kids. You know, he's doing the best he can. But, you know, it, it all goes back to he finally found a coach and, and a coaching staff that utilized his skills to, for him to be successful. 
And that's what you saw. And he's still going to make mistakes. I, I think if you look, if you go back and look at maybe the greatest player of all time, Tim Tebow, he had some games where he didn't play well. He made some bad throws. We all have. Um, I just think people need to realize that a quarterback is never going to play a perfect game. I think the only time fans might be entitled is they know for sure a guy's not trying. If he's not trying, he deserves what he gets. Other than that, I don't think they had to boot players in college. And uh, I think, I believe, maybe sometimes people think Felipe's not trying, but he, I think he's trying always, and he makes well, mistakes. So. It, yeah, if you're not trying, it's the coach's job to yeah. – you know, there's two things as, as a coach that you cannot teach and as an athlete that you can control, and that's your attitude and your effort. And if you're not giving effort, I can promise you under Dan Mullen you won't be playing. They can't teach speed. There's <laughs> nothing they can't teach. Uh, right. But, right. I said, but, but yeah. what I meant was – No, I know what you mean. You're right. You, you're absolutely right. As an right. athlete that you can control or yeah. your attitude right. and your effort. Right. Um, all right, so now good, uh, a good question for you. Are you going to coach anymore again soon, or is that done for a while, or what's going on there? No, I'm, I'm, I'm done with high school ball now, mm-hmm. um, now that my son is done. Luke, Lucas um, had, a good, had, had a good career. Tell folks where yeah, he Luke, is right now. He's going to be playing. Well, he, was, he, he graduated as mm-hmm. – well, he's going to graduate as the all-time leading passer at GHS. And That's like great. 30th, I think, in the history of – State of Florida. Wow, so he had a great. tremendous career. He will be a preferred walk on at Florida, so you can add him to cool. the quarterback room. Cool, that's great. Um, so he's he's excited. That's wonderful. Well, they should be in there. After all, you are you started it. You and Spur, you started it in 1990. People don't understand. Yeah, well, and I was there, and I remember him talking about the death chart, and we we wrote about it. And I was working in Jacksonville at the time, and people don't realize how nobody really believed. This is going to happen. And you guys went out and did it and made it happen, starting with, what, Oklahoma State, right? And yep, 57. From there, and then you and you and then you couldn't win the championship, even though you won the championship. And, then of course, then you got that string of all those SECs in a row. you you, you got to go back and look at the, those SEC championships that you won all those years. Coach likes to call it seven or six. But, um, I mean, not even Alabama at that point had done that, right? So that's 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 you didn't get but one national natty, but uh, man oh man, uh, stack those SEC championships, especially for a guy like me who goes back to the day where there's never an SEC championship, never. I mean, there's never got one. I followed it back then. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, Coach Spur, his twelve years, um, he, he got this program going in the right direction, and I think that's why. The Gator fans are as passionate as they are now. It's all because of him. Let's talk about the. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you. I don't know if you've been down there, but I'm so you know the program and uh, Apollos, and you've been talked to Coach Spurrier about it. Whatever uh, people are asking and saying, what do you think of Spurrier and the Apollos? Well, he's doing what I thought he would do. Um, you know his his offensive system is very complex, but extremely simple to learn. And the way he teaches it, I think that's why his offenses are so much farther ahead than the other teams because he's such a good teacher of it, keeps it very simple. He also has a very good quarterback, though. But, uh, you know, the rules also help him where they can only rush five guys. That allows him to be able to get his back out on routes. But, you know, buddy, playing defensive back is extremely hard. And the best defensive backs in the world are playing on Sundays in the NFL. So, 
nothing against these guys in the uh, the alliance. They're good players, but coach can take you know pretty good wide receivers that he has, and he can abuse these DBs in that league because it's just so hard to cover. Um, but he's it's fun to watch him on the sidelines. He he is, is the reason that the league is getting so much love on TV. Uh, he cracks me up. I mean, it's great that people can hear him now because that's what we got to hear while we were playing. Yeah. Although he's he's calmed down a little bit in his older age. He has. He's not throwing. <laughs> he's not throwing his visor no. or, or saying things he shouldn't say. But um, it's it's uh it's great for football, uh, and it's great for his former players to still see him on the sidelines. Some rapid fire questions, Shane. If you wouldn't mind, just real quick, I'll get you out of here and get you. And you probably you're getting to be an old man. You go to bed early, <clears throat> so <clears throat> says the old man. A uh, couple people, just general questions. They want to know uh, uh, your your prediction for this team this year. What you see? I think Florida's gonna. Uh, it's gonna come down between Florida and Georgia to see who goes to Atlanta. Um, I, I really like this football team. I think they've added a lot of good players. And like I said, confidence can take a football team to another level. And uh, I just think that's what Dan Mullen and his staff have brought to the program. So uh, I, I think we're going to go to Atlanta. All right, so you answered the next question. Richie wanted to know, can Florida compete this year for the SEC championship? And you got the answer right there. He said, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that answers that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, any changes in the offense you think this year for Mullen? No, I, I think uh, I mean the kid. The kids will be more comfortable because they'll be in year two. Um, but you know what Dan does? He he tweaks the offense week to week depending on what the opponent does. Uh, I mean, if you watch his game plan against Mississippi State, it was outstanding uh, because they never ran the football between the tackles because they had two All Americans. Uh, he's a smart coach, and you know, as a coordinator and a play caller. Your job is to put the kids in, you know, give them a chance to be successful, and that's what he did last year. Um, so I don't see a whole lot of tweaking to the offense. I think they'll just continue adding to it. Okay, our friend uh, Lynn up in the Brunswick says, uh, is Luke on campus or summer enrollment? Uh, Luke's still in high school. He's playing baseball right now, mm-hmm. so, but he will be uh, he'll be enrolling, I guess, mm-hmm. first of June. He'll be a June enrollee. Okay. Uh, it's going to be fun for you, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. The final question is, will there ever be a seating on baseball salaries, Mike? Mike Trout, unbelievable. And I know he could have gotten more if he would have wanted, they say he could have gotten $40 million a year instead of 36 Uh I, I, I mean, it's a fair market. I get it. My issue is not so much, not so much that. Uh, it's whatever the market is. I don't blame Mike Trout. Congratulations. But you have to at some point say, do we, and I love sports. You know that. But have we got our value system out of whack where we're paying professional athletes 35 and $40 million a year? I know. And, and, yeah. it's, and it's also entertainers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I just wonder if that's ever going to be able to stop and say, wait a minute, how much do we need, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, you would wish that, you know, firefighters, police officers, teachers could get paid more. Um, But, you know, Hollywood actors are making a ton of money when they do. The the, the deal is, it's just, it's the world we live in today. And, I mean, 
buddy, if somebody offers you a $400 million contract, you're going to turn it down? If you, if that's what they were paying book writers? It's not even the, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> no, I, but, just, no I get what you're you saying. Know, and I'm not faulting was, Mike Trout. He was, I'm not faulting yeah, he Mike was, Trout. Yeah, he's blessed with, to be the best player in the world, and he's being paid that. But it, it is crazy, absolutely crazy the amount of money uh, in that contract. So you, as a professional athlete, made a nice salary and you got a nice retirement, which you deserve and earn. Uh, the question is, I know you raised a fine young man in Luke, and I know it wasn't always all about money for you and talking to Luke. It's like it wasn't for your daddy. If your daddy would have cared about it, he wouldn't have been a high school coach. Uh, so there is more to life. Unfortunately, my grandson doesn't feel that way. He thinks it's all about money. And I'm trying to say there's more important things than money. You want to be successful, and that's also – Money is a sign you're successful at what you do. We all want that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old fuddy-duddy, but I think at some point we're doing a great disservice to our youngsters by telling them, get all you can get, man. Just get all you can get. You'll be happy if you get $100 million. That ain't the case, Shane. No, it's not. And, you know, I, I was a mineral in salary pretty much every year that I played in the league, which it's still good money. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I – it, it is crazy when you think about it because I, I would love – my mom was an English teacher in high school for many, many years, and I see what they do with students. And obviously there's so many other jobs in the world that, that deserve to get paid much more money. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, you know, Hollywood and professional athletes and musicians and stuff are getting paid a ton of money. Yep. Joe Namath, 427000 was his first contract, and Joe had one too many one night. And I asked him about the salary. He says, I negotiated every every damn penny of that with Sonny Werblin. He said, he said, all 427000 Then I got to confirm then how much he actually made. But, uh, you know, you know, and, and LeBurman was the first one to say it's like show business, you know. If you're selling out on Broadway with Shane Matthews, you're going to keep him there and pay him more money because you're going to make more money. Anyway, I don't get moralistic on you, pal. Uh, it's good to, good to talk to you. Congratulations to Luke's there. That's wonderful. You'll be able to follow the team. You won't be running off somewhere on Saturday to watch him play. You'll be able to watch the Gators, which is great for you, Shane. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, buddy. Um, you know, well, he, he's a, he, if he was two or three inches taller, he would mm – -hmm. I mean, he's a hundred times better than I was a player at that age. It's not Amazing. even close, but yeah. uh, it's going to be a great experience for him. Hopefully they'll have a lot of uh, great bowl trips, a lot of championships, and uh, he'll have a, a college career that he'll remember the rest of his life. You never know. It's a guy out of, out of Oklahoma this year is going to pay a lot of money. He's under six feet. So let's just, let's just leave it at that, all right? You never know. Shane, it's great talking to you. I hope you'll come back again. And uh, – We'll catch up soon. Be listening to you on WRUF, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care, man. Yeah, Appreciate yeah, you having thank, me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Shane Matthews, yeah. Interesting guy. Uh, I should have asked Shane who should wear number one because uh, he's a uniform guy, a number guy. Uh, anyway, we, did, we didn't resolve that tonight, did we? Who should wear number one? But it's okay. There's, we got to start on it. Now, those you left who said, I said, find one thing, and now is the time to do it, that's different or moved. Uh, on the back of this, uh, I'll move out of the way a little bit and let you see it. We got a new, a new, the Crown Press did this set over again today. And if you see one thing, the first person to identify one thing that's, that's somewhat different, I don't mean if there's like, you move something two inches, I wouldn't even know it. If you see something that's somewhat different and something that's up there 
that wasn't before, first one to text it in will get a pair of tickets to Terry Bradshaw. Uh, we had a couple of guesses earlier. Let's see if they hung around. Hung around. Some of you were close, but if you're not here, I said, don't send it to me now. Or the incentive says you got to be able to. Um, okay. Chris to Cuba says, okay, Chris, I want to give you that because while it's not brand new, it's in a different location. So that's one. Mark it down. Chris to Cuba's. He gets a pair of general admission tickets. PM me, Chris for your tickets, general admission to an evening, sorry folks, I gotta type this in, like this type, with Terry Bradshaw. That's April 12th, here in Ocala, at the Riley Arts Center. And I've been posting it every night, so I'll post it again. Uh, and uh, all right, let's say uh, you're right, David Baldoff. It is moved. The story of book is moved. So that's the second set of tickets. Chris, this is a general admission now. I'm not going to tell you these are not VIPs, these are not reserved, but they're general admission. Gets you in the door. Um, and you're welcome, Chris. And so David Baldo for the winners tonight. So I'm going to write you on the list. Winners. And uh, David's correct. Spurrier book is moving. All right. You guys know how to get in touch with me, both of you. So be sure and PM me. And let me know. And remind me. And we'll figure out how to get the tickets to you. I may have to drop them off to you somewhere along the line or whatever. I don't want to have to get into a secretarial business of, you know, of uh, typing up stuff and what have you. My secretary is me. Hang on a second while I get myself a pen. And remind everybody it's Chris. All right. Been a good night today. It's a show. It's good guests. It always helps to have people like Robbie and like Shane. Good to talk a little football. Not hearing so much bracket talk. I guess maybe you're not. Uh, you're not into it as much. We'll start getting into it Thursday. Um, you have um, asked for France Beard to be the, come on and tell us about the game, which we're going to do late Thursday. Hopefully it doesn't go past 10 o'clock. We'll have a show. We'll have our regular Thursday lineup. We'll have Joe Williams doing some bracket picks. Uh, we've got uh, Zach. Zach to come on early and give us an update on what's going on with um, – football, etc., and we'll keep you uh, informed about that. So I've got Chris and I've got uh, David for a pair of tickets each for Terry Bradshaw. No, he's not. He's right there. You just can't see him. Dalton is right there. Right there. You just see him sticking out. That sign was in his way. There's Dalton right there. He did not get removed. He's right there. Okay, that's it for the night. That's all the tickets and all the time, and we're right at the witching hour. But thanks again to our sponsors, which, by the way, I'm going to remind me. i got to be mention one of them. Get back on it right now because I did not bring them up. 
That would be one of the most important ones. Red Star Medical Research. We'll be sure and get that in because these folks uh, do many great things, including they help make it possible to do the uh, evening with Terry Bradshaw, which is uh, our big night. So, um, uh, Red Star Medical Research, one of our partners. They have got they do double duty. They do things like support the Scott Brantley trophy and the event we got coming up um, on the 12th. They help make that possible. Let's put it over here. Um, and they also help us with our health. They have a superior medical research facility here in Ocala where they do uh, high, high quality patient-centered clinical research studies. Uh, they bring cutting-edge uh, clinical research to Ocala. The trials there for things like Alzheimer's and psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraine, fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions that affect our communities here. Uh, clinical research studies are regulated by the FDA, and safety is closely monitored by an independent review board. If you're having questions about your memory, and let's face it and be honest, when we get to be seniors, we do have that moment, wondering, well, are we having a senior moment or is something wrong? Well, go have your memory evaluated. Uh, if you're concerned about it, your experience of memory decline, you're eligible to receive free memory evaluation. Call them tomorrow, 352-629-5800, and ask about this. Uh, or go online to rentstar.net uh, and contact them through there and tell them you'd like to know more about this particular study. Rentstar Medical Research, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. And with that, we will say good night. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, same station. Uh, got more tickets to give away then, too, as well. Congratulations to the guys who won them, David and Chris. Bye, everybody.